0: Hola, buenos días. I don't know how to say welcome. Uh, bienvenidos, bienvenidos. Ah. Hi. Rockassafy podcast. It's another beautiful morning out here in Spokane in our lovely apartment prison, and we are here to talk about. Well, Megan's here. Yep. Yeah. And we're here to talk about um, a funny thing that I saw on the
1: YouTube. It's. Um, it's still morning, so I'm still crabby, so here we are. Which is why it makes for a wonderful podcast. Now, how do you spell that
0: woman's name? Okay, so, here's the setup. I'm just gonna Google, sadist cuts people up in New Orleans.
1: Uh, that take- should
0: bring you to her,
1: yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, we've been watching, I've been watching a lot of just documentaries on YouTube and Netflix, because that's what I do. Um, But I, we were watching stuff, it's from a really old series that used to run on history channel called Haunted History, and there's a playlist of it on YouTube, so we've been watching that, and the Haunted New Orleans episode comes on, and then it starts talking about uh, Madame Lalaurie and uh, Marie Laveau, Um, and if you're an American Horror Story fan, you should recognize those names from season three of Coven, um, because those are characters, but the show is talking about, you know, how they died and what happened to them. And, of course, Madame LaLaurie. Uh Did your Google find anything? Yeah, um,
0: I did Google, in fact, um, Sadist Cuts People Up in New Orleans. And I got Delphine LaLaurie mm-hmm. and also something called The Axman. Oh. So, the... Rockrat's version of this is that we're doing a diamond painting and this fun ghost stuff is running in the background, which I think is fun because I need to have a ghost experience because I need to know. And the narrator describes the scene of Madame LaLaurie and her husband's attic as sadistic and medical experimenty. But they also never say that the people were alive. So let's just remove the horror here that these were human people. That they were, like, stitching together in weird angles and frankensteining and stuff. But it's not a medical experiment if all of your test subjects are dead. And maybe that's not true, but that's just knitting corpses together.
1: like. Well, and see, you you think about this situation differently. Cause where my mind goes is sadism is a very specific term that I feel like the meaning has changed over the years. So were they actually sadists, meaning they derive sexual pleasure from the pain of others? It has to be sexual. Well, in in the modern term, yeah. Hmm. Huh. Um but point. you wouldn't be you wouldn't be diagnosed as a sadist, or you wouldn't be called a sadist if it's a consensual situation. So um, the the in my experience, the BDSM community has a lot of strong feelings about the words sadism and masochism because they've been used against them in the past. But um, the the psychology and the counseling community, our views have have changed, and we've kind of allowed room for these consensual situations.
0: I think maybe you should explain to our listeners why you have so much experience with the BDSM community, Megan.
1: Um, yeah. So when I was a freshman in college, um, I went to this conference in Ames, Iowa, called Mumble Tech, which stands for the Midwest Bisexual Lesbian Gay Transgender Ally College Conference. And I went three times in college, and I... uh made some impulsive decisions to go to conference sessions on BDSM, where I learned a lot about the community. And then I wrote a lot of papers about the community in college and did a lot of research and did an ethnography of sorts and spoke with a lot of people who were active participants in the community. And so now it's just kind of a sexual subculture that I happen to know a lot about. It does have a big shock value with your squirrely...
0: (laughs) Petiteness. <laughs>
1: it does. I got a lot of mileage out of that knowledge in my um, creative writing and nonfiction writing courses.
0: Before I read this thing about La Laurie, um what's the thing about the human puppet from that one BDSM conference? We were talking about this the other day, and we were talking about...
1: I don't know if I'd colons. Be- I, I think
0: we were talking about colons because I threw up because I have this knee jerk reaction where, like, if I stub my toe, my body decides to throw up. Sorry for this kind of a gross episode.
1: I don't know if I feel comfortable putting that information on a podcast, or if I do, it's gonna. Please be warned. Uh, don't be in a compromising position when you hear me say this. Um, Just use really articulate language. In this conference session I went to, the question came up of... My niece does listen to this podcast. Yeah. Cover her ears. um, And maybe don't be eating and give yourself some time to process what I'm about to say. Um, The question was asked, how deep is too deep when fisting? (laughs) And... um, You say it so calmly. the RN who was facilitating this session drew a nice diagram for us and the answer is if you know what you're doing and can navigate the large intestine and some of the bends the answer is up to the shoulder
0: (laughs) I just can't I just can't believe that alright moving on Um, so does it count as medical experimenting if you are just knitting people together? That was what got us here. I went to your favorite Wikipedia, and we have Marie Delphine McCarthy, or McCarthy, known commonly as Madame Blanc, or after her third mar- third marriage. Oh. As Madame La LaLaurie was a New Orleans Creole socialite and serial killer who tortured and murdered slaves in her household.
1: I bet she killed the husbands.
0: Yeah, that would probably be a good... She's got a lot of other names. Probably a good guess. Um, We're just going to skip right over all of the other names. Her occupation was socialite, known for torturing and killing numerous slaves, discovered in 1834. Um... Yeah, it does look like the first couple husbands definitely died. Oh, Lordy. She has a lot of children with strange names. I would change my name, too. Okay, during born during the Spanish colonial period, LaLaurie married three times in Louisiana and was twice widowed. Suspicious. She maintained her position in New Orleans society until April 10th, 1834, when rescuers responded to a fire at her Royal Street mansion. They discovered bound slaves in her attic, who showed evidence of cruel, violent abuse over a long period. No, they didn't see that on the YouTube. I'm guessing they were alive.
1: Hmm. Based on that wording.
0: While Lori's house was subsequently sacked by an outraged mob of New Orleans citizens, understandably, she escaped to France with her family. Boo. The mansion, traditionally held to be La Lorie's is a landmark in the French Quarter, in part because of its history and for its architectural significance. Oh, good. I'm so glad that we could overlook the dehumanization of an entire peoples. I think the show said it's it's now... Because it's pretty to look at.
1: I think the show said it's now a fancy New Orleans restaurant.
0: They're definitely serving people.
1: Yeah. They're definitely serving people. You know,
0: one of the survivors of cannibalism crossing over... One of the famous accounts of the Rocky Mountains.
1: Mm.
0: What's the so a D? The Donner Party. The Donner Party. Yeah. One of the surviving Donner Party members did open up a restaurant. It was not successful and I think it closed after three years mm. in
1: So Oregon. I, s- I still have questions about this situation. Because, like, do we know for sure that both her and her husband were in on it? Was this, like, a shared sadistic activity, in which case they might derive sexual pleasure from it? The show only speculated that she moved to France. Um,
0: Apparently she died in Paris.
1: Oh, well, there you go.
0: All right. Um, Accounts of Dauphine LaLaurie's treatment of her slaves between 1831 and 1834 are mixed. Harriet Martineau... Writing in 1838 and recounting tales told by her New Orleans residents during her 1836 visit, claimed Lillorie La slaves were observed to be quote, "singularly haggard and wretched." Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they, I'm sure they were miserable. Um, however, in public appearances, La Laura was seen to be generally polite to black people and solicitous to her slaves' death. Funeral registers between 1830 and 1834 document the deaths of 12 slaves at the Royal Street Mansion. Although the causes of death are not mentioned, and infectious diseases could easily have been the cause, unlikely. These 12 deaths include Bonnie, uh, Juliet, Florence, Jules, Leonite. Oh, that's a cute name. Another Bonnie. Previously belonged to a refuge from Saint something and was described in her tale as a chronic runaway with an influx of white and free-colored something refugees. Uh, they're actually not talking about the horrible part, which I guess is good. Someone accounted other tales of LaLaurie's cruelty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Apparently recounted stories that LaLora kept her cook chained to the kitchen stove and beat her daughters when they attempted to feed the slaves. Chained to the stove. So it was basically like a 50s housewife. But it's not funny.
1: What years was she active in New Orleans?
0: Was her psychosis
1: active in New Orleans? No, just her, her time period of living.
0: Uh, it just looks like the 1830s.
1: Okay. Now look up uh, Marie Laveau. So, spoiler alert. Here is your spoiler alert. Um, In American Horror Story, Madame LaLaurie actually, like, captures and tortures Marie Laveau, who is a famous voodoo queen of New Orleans.
0: Who doesn't get into voodoo until later in life, which uh, was told to us by the the thingy. Okay, Mm -hmm. do we want to go to the Britannica, or do we want to go to the wiki?
1: Do the Britannica. We'll mix it up. Ooh, they
0: even have a ghost city tours! Hmm. All right, I'm doing that one because I need to know. Okay, Marie Laveau, the Voodoo Queen of New Orleans. Marie Laveau was a free person of color living in the most colorful city in the United States, New Orleans. Um, An article in the New York Times, or in the New Orleans Times, adoringly remembered Marie Laveau as, quote, gifted with beauty and intelligence, she ruled her own race and made captive of many of the other. That's... Weirdly racist phraseology. But apparently she was also Native American, Indian, Black, and White, which...
1: It described her as a mulatto.
0: Which, that's cool, but it also just said that because she was more than, like, two races, that's what made her free. Which doesn't really... I don't understand New Orleans culture. A Creole woman with her own set of rules and strong beliefs was surrounded by the political and religious influence of wealthy white men. That does sound like it would breed some kind of crazy. Um Marie Laveau was a trailblazer for all women, her strong convictions, the early life of Marie Laveau. Does it have her years? She it was deduced that she was born in the French Quarter in eighteen oh one.
1: Oh, so they might have been around at the same time.
0: Maybe they were moderns. Um, she looks real pissed in most of her, most of her pictures.
1: She's a very strong character in American Horror Story. Most
0: researchers say that Marie and Jacques did not have any children, however, baptismal records show that they had some babies.
1: Hmm. Cool. Um. You've been in New Orleans, right?
0: Yeah, but, and this isn't exciting about the voodoo at all, so at some point we're gonna have to bring it back to the sadism part. Um, when I was there, we were fixing houses in slidell Hmm.
1: when i was there we were there for the national youth gathering in 2012 the thing that struck me about new orleans even when i was there is that it's in it's very it's a very queer friendly city
0: i nearly starved because i was vegetarian at the time
1: that makes sense. It's not a vegetarian friendly city.
0: No. I mean they infuse like the sauces. I mean I'm pretty sure there were tiny little eyeballs staring at me when I picked up the French fries.
1: Yeah. It's um it's a lot of really good meats and seafood.
0: I think we answered the question initially about La Lori. Um it did say like luckily the wiki did not describe the horrors that they found in her attic.
1: Well, they might not even there might not even be a record of it because in the newspaper that you know, the the show said, um, the reporters were like, We're not gonna describe it to you because it was so horrific. Yeah.
0: And then one of the historians was like, We're just gonna go with Frankensteinian. Yeah. Which So all right. In our then our last few minutes, these Stories often come with this duplicity where this socialite and like a lot of the stories of the aristocracy as vampires had this very entertaining, charming personality where they threw lots of parties, she was an excellent ball host, whatever. Meanwhile, she's a monster, like just straight up monster.
1: Yeah, but I mean, you kind of see that a lot. Um, And when you think about it, serial killers, there's no way they would be successful if they didn't have that charisma. Like, how else would they lure people? How else would they avoid suspicion? Um, And, you know, that's why we have that psychopathy psychopathy, uh, scale and why psychopaths and serial killers and Sociopaths um, are often seen as incredibly charismatic and cunning um, and just intelligent in their way with people.
0: So I think my question for someone who understands the creepy navigations of the metaphorical intestines that run inside the mind of serial killers, just let that metaphor marinate for a second. Is that something that... I mean, it's not like they've discovered more horrible bodies in France. Like, a mob was like, Oh no! You're a monster! Let's destroy the house and let's try to lynch you and all these other things. She and her family run away to France. Do you just stop... I mean, what kind of...
1: How do you... I don't... Here's my hypothesis. And take it with a grain of salt. Um... For someone who gets a lot of positive feelings or positive reinforcement from those activities, I highly doubt that she stopped craving or wanting to engage in those activities. But it's different when you have access to your own slaves that you can torture without anyone being suspicious of you and wandering around in Paris. You know? On some level, it's just accessibility. So she's
0: just, like, walking around waiting for people to trip and fall on their face and, like, giggling to herself? Or she's just drinking herself into oblivion because she can't feed on the suffering of others?
1: I don't know. I mean, I think it's possible that she spent a lot of time just watching her back, thinking they were going to come after her, possibly. I don't know if you can be in that situation and let your guard down. Maybe some people can, but...
0: Makes me think very Harry Potter-esque, where J.K. Rowling was like,
1: killing people
0: destroys your soul. Can we safely argue that someone who does these kinds of things to people in that age doesn't really have a soul?
1: I think that goes above and beyond the judgments that I can make.
0: Oh, right. (laughs) But I
1: do know that they would likely be much differently and less affected by it than a person who is normative.
0: Normative. Yes. Well, I'm going to lean on my <clears throat> initial observation that if they were dead when these things were happening and they were getting like skin grafted onto each other and eyeballs taped to weird places or whatever it is that they were doing, um, don't make that face. That You don't know that's not what happened. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't count as a medical experiment because she's just being a freakazoid.
1: I would argue that it would be considered a medical experiment just because the work and research we do on cadavers is still put within the biological medical realm,
0: yeah, but they're not okay well, feel free to comment on what you think, but she's just a she's just a monster,
1: right, and I doubt she was trained in medicine and it's not for a medicinal purpose,
0: right, so is it a medical experiment with like A psychopathic child cuts off a dog's tail or something? Like, is that like, oh, I wanted to see what would happen. Like, oh, I stapled this person's arm under their face. What's gonna happen? I don't know.
1: I mean, when you put it that way, I guess, but there's a difference between children experimenting and trying to figure that stuff out and adults who would fully understand the consequences.
0: Okay. Well, uh, final thoughts. That was my final thought that that I I think it doesn't count if they're dead and she's doing it because she's getting some kind of weird tingly jollies.
1: Um you know, what I want to say is if you know of anyone who's engaging in any of these behaviors or has these obsessions, uh please bring that to a professional's attention. No,
0: this is not a PSA. <laughs>
1: okay, but that's like cuz I I've interacted with these individuals and um you know, some interventions need to happen.
0: That's definitely an, a whole other episode. I know, Just... I know,
1: but it's morning, and that's I'm getting into work mode. All
0: right, the rockosophy angle here is oh, jeez, help me out here. You got to put like a
1: um, this Lock. is a a true blue human experience that we can learn from. Don't s- staple people's b- body parts. Yeah. Or some people are inclined to torture and maim and experiment on their slaves.
0: I wonder where those people fit into, like, the short, nasty, brutish lifestyle of hunter-gatherers. Where they just had to be healthy and functional and then drop dead at 25.
1: That sounds like another episode. I think we're running out of time. Right. Okay. Well,
0: thanks for tuning in. Send us your
1: comments. Have a wonderful Thursday.